0: I was going into Tashi Station to pick up some power converters.
1: The droids are clean, the vaporizers are patched, and the speeders fuel. It's time to pick up some blue milk and power converters. You're listening to Tashi Station Radio, brought to you by the Majestic Giraffe Network. Now here are your hosts for the Snarky's Podcast in Star Wars and Geek Culture, Brian and Nancy.
2: From the outskirts of Anchorhead and on the shores of the Great Shot Flats, you're listening to Tashi Station Radio, the bright center in the universe for all things Star Wars and geek culture. I'm your host, Brian, and with me as always is my co-host and wife, Nancy. Hi. On today's episode, we are recapping Star Wars Celebration, and so sit back, grab some power converters, and enjoy the show. Uh, we got some guests here this week.
3: Yes, we have Bria. Hey, enjoy this really awesome voice I have going on right now. <laughs> and we also have Jay
0: greetings
3: we
1: were all at star wars celebration we all got very crummy voices
2: (laughs) carrying degrees of con crud
3: (laughs) this is a great sexy voice i don't know what you guys are talking about (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs)
1: so we are winging it today or borrowing from rogue quadrant x winging it and recapping star wars celebration the good the bad uh, the infuri- infuriating and also the delightful, which will encompass the post-celebration uh, fun. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy!
2: <laughs> of course, we were going to talk about that, though. Of course, we were.
1: We are. So celebration. Uh, should we just go down the new the news bits that came out first, and then talk about our overall experiences?
2: <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's let's cover the news first.
1: Okay, so, uh, books. Yeah, there were books announced. Um, Delilah S. Dawson is writing a Phasma novel that is coming out on Force Friday, and we're all super excited about a repeat of Force Friday. No, <laughs> no, we're not.
3: <laughs> I want to sleep, Nancy. That's all I want to do is sleep before Dragon Con, and I'm not allowed to sleep. No, no
1: sleep. But um, yeah, so really, we don't really know anything about it, except it's about Phasma. And I think it's backstory because they kind of alluded to that in the panel. But other than that, we really don't know anything.
0: Um, Hopefully it's a whole story about how Phasma met the Emperor's God and got her armor in loving detail.
1: (laughs) I'm sure that will be mentioned. (laughs) Uh, Also books announced was uh, The Legends of Luke Skywalker by Ken Liu. Uh, and again, we really don't know anything about this book except it's about Luke Skywalker and it's by Ken Liu. Uh, I don't think we even know exactly what level it is. Uh, nope. So, but it's about Luke and it, so that makes me happy.
2: So this was a uh, Disney press book, correct? Yes.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. This is Disney press. So I'm excited to learn more about it.
0: That sort of defeats my theory of it being all about all of Luke's failed romances and legends. So
1: <laughs> no, that will stay to fanfic, thankfully. But it would. I-, I saw a theory that it was going to be like a theory that it would be like different stories like told during the different time frames of Luke's life. So like something when he's like, you know, after A New Hope and then something like after Empire and then like after Jedi, maybe.
3: Um, that'd Which, be really
1: cool. Yeah, I thought because because it, it's called the Legends of Luke Skywalker, so
3: it would kind of lead me to believe that it's more than one story, maybe. But yeah, yeah and we that already, one's sorry to say, that one's not out until like Halloween, too. Yeah, so. yeah.
0: And we already saw by the the uh, the last or the first Force Friday book, the uh, Luke Skywalker book, where Jess Pava was talking about like how Luke Skywalker already seemed to be a quasi-mythical figure. So it would be kind of cool to see people telling stories about him.
1: Yeah. Um, And the other book that was announced is um, uh, Leia, Princess of Alderaan by Claudia Gray. Um, You could hear the squeals of delight in the room, both from Bria and Jay, (laughs) who are are not sitting near each other. So that was fun. But uh, I have a brand. What can I say? (laughs) Uh, I'm really excited for this because it's young Leia. And I think a lot of people have been really wanting a young Leia book for a long time. And we all know that Claudia Gray can write Leia and she wrote Bloodline, uh, so I am super excited about
3: it. And the cover is gorgeous. I love how basically Lucas or not sorry Disney Press and Del Rey are just tossing Claudia Gray back and forth
1: because yeah, right. they just want to keep
3: her writing Star Wars. <laughs> and then my other favorite thing from that panel was when. Um, uh, they were asking the different authors and writers what they would want to work on. And Beth <laughs> Revis went, I want to write a young Leia book. Yeah. <laughs> and then was it like half an hour later? And she's like, Nope, I'm fine with that. Claudia can write it. It's like yeah. she, she, I think Jen Hettle was like,
1: sorry, sorry, Beth, but um this has already been taken. And she's like, That's fine. I'm good with that. <laughs> um, I know I know uh Jay, you had mentioned when you were talking about it on TFN that we were really hoping to see more Breha because we really don't have any of any of her
0: (laughs) like because we've seen a lot of her and and i'm sure bria has a lot of words on this too but we've seen a lot of her relationship with her father but not so much of her relationship with her mother and this is like the perfect chance to both get her career in the imperial senate and her and her relationship with her mother in a book
1: yeah and plus she's the queen bail is just a trophy husband (laughs) damn straight (laughs) Uh, so, yeah, I I don't, can't remember
3: when that book is coming out. Is that Force Friday as well? We didn't get a date on that one. Okay. I think the only reason we know Halloween or the dates for the Luke Skywalker and the Phasma book are because uh, Delilah and Ken both mentioned it. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm guessing we'll get that one Force Friday. I don't know, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there was also, um,
1: there was also some other announcements in that panel that were like, um, uh, more like younger reader books and like picture books and stuff. Uh, the, the only one that really stood out for me was one of those little golden books, I Am a Hero, and it has Ray on the cover, which made me really happy that yeah. the book I Am a Hero had a girl on the cover because there are other books like I'm the Jedi and I'm a pilot that are all boys and men so
0: boring yeah. <laughs> yeah they had they had an I am a princess book but you know kind of like having the right one is important because they've had yeah. all the other ones so you know right Um, another thing worth mentioning from that publishing uh, Q&A panel was they announced the rebels file book by Becker Meyer, and that's part of a series of books, in-universe uh, lore books. They, they were in the Jedi Path, the Imperial Handbook, things like that. And uh, we were talking to Dan Wallace on Twitter afterwards, and he said this would be based on like fake rebel or you know pretend rebel mission files, but this one would actually be canon, and he worked with a story group on that. So that's kind of interesting to get a canon, in-universe uh, Rebel Alliance book.
3: Mm, yeah. Yes. The two big ones that you're missing, as far as announcements, is we got the Captain Phasma miniseries from Marvel. That was announced. Uh, It has Kelly Thompson writing it, and I think it's Marka Chiquetto on art. Um, For anyone who needs reference, Kelly Thompson did the Star Wars Annual number 2 that was out a couple months ago, and Chiquetto did the artwork in Shattered Empire. Which was very Um, good. Yeah. And that's going to be about... um, Basically how she gets out of the trash compactor and off of Star Killer Base. A very important story. Yes. And <laughs> then the really odd announcement was the IDW thing. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, because IDW has been like essentially collecting things that Marvel's had and putting them out. And now they're gonna be doing here, wait, I have the picture. Uh IDW Publishing enters the Star Wars universe with all new, all age stories set across the many chapters of the Star Wars saga, rotating rotating characters and creative teams, stories spanning the vast reaches of the Star Wars universe. This series truly has something for everyone, and Siri hmm. wants to contribute, but <laughs> um, but yeah, I I mean it's a cool idea. Like I'm completely on board with it. I'm just confused that they're not. Yeah, it's not Marvel. Yeah, they're not keeping it in house.
1: Yeah, um, there weren't any other comic announcements. Were there just the Phasma one, right? Uh, correct. Okay. So that's basically it for the literature uh, stuff. Um, I don't think there was anything from DK that was announced. I think, I think all it all kind books. of got tied up into the same. Yeah, <laughs> but um, so. The Rebels panel had some
2: major announcements. Uh, I mean, do we start with the bombshell on this one?
1: uh, That was emotional whiplash. Yeah. So, like, they went through the panel, and then at the end, like, right before the trailer, Dave is like, you know, he gets up, and he's, like, obviously emotional. And he said that Season 4 of Rebels will be the final season. The show is ending after that. Um, and people were very upset. <laughs> uh, but he explained why they chose to do that. And, you know, they want to be able to end the story the way they want to. Uh, and not have another Clone Wars happen. Which I fully, 100% understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, it also, I'm also glad they're not really dragging out the show. Like... Because shows have a tendency to go longer than they really need to. Um, But, you know, I I like that they're saying, this is a story we want to tell. This is how long it's going to take for us to tell it. Um, And then we're going to move on to something new.
2: Well, the other thing to look at is, I, I think Rebels has accomplished its goal of bridging sort of an age group from the prequels into the original trilogy which they can then step to the sequel trilogy with um so that was really one of the most important things that rebels did and it's done that pretty successfully but Mm uh
1: and not just the audience but also just the story as a whole yeah because as they're getting closer to rogue one and a new hope then you know it's kind of like well they don't want to drag it out because like with clone wars you know everyone was waiting until they got to the battle of coruscant and like okay how how much how much time is before you're into the sith and they
3: just kind of drag things out but, i'm uh, bummed though i mean like i'm glad they're ending it on their terms but i was hoping we would get i thought we were gonna get five seasons i really did i, mean, um, I, I
2: personally was hoping for six seasons in a movie but uh well of course here we are
3: mm-hmm. of course but i mean i think for me and i'm not Sure, if I might be speaking for most of us, Rebels did for me what Clone Wars did for so many other people. Um, I had that emotional attachment to Rebels that I never quite did to Clone Wars. And now I'm just like, but you, you're you taking my favorites and we don't see a hope for so many of them to reappear in the next series. Well, one, we don't know what the next series is, but I'm just I'm worried that we're never going to get to see these characters again, aside from like side references
2: yeah, I, so. I I get it. I'm I'm I I get why they're doing it, but I'm also a little bummed that they're doing it. But uh, I I like how you phrase that. Um, I I definitely made the emotional connection to characters in this series that I never made in Clone Wars.
0: Yeah, and it's funny because like one of the advantages of, of you know ending where you, when you want to end is you can arc the characters a certain way. But I feel like the characters have finally gotten to that dynamic where they really know and trust each other, and they've gotten to breathe as a team after three seasons, and it just I mean they're ending on a high note, but it's also really really sad that they're ending on that high note cuz the team is just so good right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I'm interested to see what they do going forward. Um it was so funny cuz during the announcement like people were like gasped and were visual like really audibly upset and then some guy yells out, "What's next?" <laughs> and they're like, "Wow, that was the quickest recovery <laughs> ever."
3: Um but yeah, I was one of those people who was yeah. audibly and visibly upset. <laughs> but, um,
1: I, yeah, I think a lot of people are wondering what hap- what's going to happen next. I'm sure they're not going to announce anything until after Rebels is finished. Um, but, you know, there are some people who think it's going to be completely different. Like it's going to be, I, for one, would like for it to be set post Return of the Jedi, but I don't think they're going to do that yet. Um, and there are other people I know. Coop was one of them who is thinking that they're going to just kind of retool the show. So it's not going to be like a completely different show, but like some of the same characters, but set like actually during the
3: original trilogy. Um, I don't think so. Yeah,
2: I, I
1: think they're that going.
3: trailer. I'm sorry. When you have Vanessa Marshall as Hera <laughs> doing that voiceover that started the trailer. You know, reintroducing everyone and being like, "We never thought it would end like this." <laughs> I'm worried. Well, that, I'm worried everyone but Hera and Chopper is gonna die.
2: That and the whole cast on that panel seem to s- seem to be uh, giving off the vibe that yeah, there's a finality to this. Yeah, yeah. I just don't. I, I,
1: I don't. After the Ahsoka thing, I don't trust them to actually go through
3: and kill characters anymore. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but Ahsoka, Ahsoka's Dave's baby. Yeah. She gets special privileges. <laughs> she does. She gets
1: special owl pri- privileges. <laughs> um, But yeah, it, the uh, so we also saw the first episode from season four, which we won't talk about other than to say, Ow,
2: my heart ow i
1: liked it yeah yeah it's good thanks, I for, giving it. us,
0: thanks g- for giving us thanks uh, for giving us uh, a you know first part of a two-part yeah. cliffhanger. that, that was that was yeah. lovely
1: it was so funny because people were like oh my god you saw the first episode i hate you and i'm like yeah don't hate us too much it was the first of a two-parter and it ended on a cliffhanger
2: yeah unlike <laughs> you we have to wait until october yeah. till the fall for resolution on what we saw yeah
3: yeah and I we need we resolution can. damn it I think that what we can say is that it was called Heroes of Mandalore Mm -hmm. Um, and what I'll say is it felt similar to Siege of Lothal Mm -hmm. in that it felt very much like a continuation slash bridge from the previous season to where we are now right? or to where they might go in season four. I really liked um, –
1: I'm not a Mandalorian fan. I liked them in this episode. Um, I liked all the interplay and the, the whole politics with the Mandalorians. Um, and just the character wise, I thought the characters were all really great. Um, I, I, it was, so this was one of the first episodes where I was, you know, in a while, where I was like, I really, I liked Ezra. Like, mm-hmm. he was funny. Um, and he was, it, it wasn't like he's perfect and can do everything, like, at the first try. Like, he actually had to struggle. Um, and but it that made was funny. it made him more human. Like I'm like, okay, I can relate to you now. You're you're and and then and then he did have his moments to shine and be the Jedi. And I think when they balance that, it makes it a lot easier to,
3: you know, relate to that character. So good job, good job, team. Yes. <laughs> oh, wait. One other thing I'll say is I am still 100 percent on Sabine for Mandalore.
1: Yes.
0: Hmm. I agree.
3: um
1: so we got the trailer for season four um and we it's as as bria mentioned there's a voiceover from Hera
3: that's very fatalistic and um bad wait a minute nancy what how come you have not mentioned the thing that you burst my eardrum about oh i'm going to i'm getting i'm getting there (laughs) i was like wait a minute this happened before the trailer i'm getting there
1: um but no, there was one moment in the trailer that also made us very happy, and that was the first appearance of the X-Wings, which we're super excited about and have been waiting to have on Rebels for a while. Um, so I am super excited to see how that comes about and how they get the X-Wings. And also, Hera is in flying an X-Wing, and that's freaking awesome.
2: Yeah, I am very excited for X-Wings <laughs> and Hera in X-Wings, but mostly X-Wings. And we might get to see Wedge's first time in an X-Wing.
3: Oh, oh my God. Oh, oh, oh.
1: Baby, he, he, he takes one look at the fighters and is like, yep, that's where I belong. <laughs> oh, my heart. What is love? <laughs> we need more X-Wing pilots like um uh, Jansen. 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 Yeah, we need Jansen. Um, and that, yeah, so the, the moment where I really screeched was during the panel, um, they, uh, brought out Warwick Davis, um, and which I was like, oh, that's why he's not hosting the show, hosting this panel, because it was David Collins who was hosting, and, um, he, uh, you know, they showed a clip from Last Celebration Europe where he was teasing Dave about doing a voice on the show. Um, so they, you know, finally uh, had him on to do a, to do voice work, which I thought was, you know, it's really cool. I, I like I like Warwick Davis a lot, and he's a really good actor and voice actor. Um, and so then they're like, "Well, we should tell the people who he's playing," and they said, "Yes, uh, because this is a." Has never appeared on screen. And then I was kind of like, huh? And then well, uh, Warwick's like, but they know who he is, right? And Dave's like, yes. And I'm sitting there like, oh, who is he playing? And like in my little heart of hearts, I was hoping that he was gonna play Teleon just so we could hear oh. Jason. Show it have been beautiful. <laughs> i Beautiful. was i was ready I to screamed. like i know it was a been great <laughs> um but no he's playing ruch um thrawn's no green bodyguard from the thrawn trilogy and i was really super excited about that because anytime they bring in more zahn characters
3: is fine with me um so, yeah, that's was- the story. Never play poker with Tim Zahn. No.
1: And he was in the room during the panel. And as we left, we started verbally berating him for, for <laughs> lying again.
3: <laughs> to clarify for anyone listening, it was all good natured. Nancy yes. and I do not actually expect Tim Zahn to tell us things like this. No. Some people seem to think we do, and we do not. It is all good natured joking yes and and, okay, he, and he is aware of this as as noted by the smile on his face yes <laughs> and how he signed my copy of Thrawn. <laughs> one uh, day you will know everything <laughs> thanks tim
1: thanks that is not true <laughs> um so yeah that was uh i think that's most of what we got from the rebels panel um i did i didn't want to note that i really liked that um how much they talked about Thrawn and the books during that panel. Um, and I thought it was really, it was really nice to, cause they, they talked about it some in, at Europe, but, um, in, or in London, but, um, you know, to actually like say, yeah, we wanted it to be like the books and we wanted, you know, to make sure that Tim approved and the books were just basically how we wrote the character. And I was like, yes, get everyone to read these books. <laughs> Um, what other news? Oh, um, I will let Jay talk about Battlefront because he was actually
3: there. Yeah, is, so is he gonna talk about my new girlfriend?, <laughs>
0: absolutely. <laughs> yes. So we went to the Battlefront 2 panel, not expecting to see a lot, you know, we expect to see a new game and we heard some rumors about a single player campaign. Um, and they opened it up with a bombshell um, announcement about this se- or a bombshell series of announcements, and they actually showed us the trailer at the beginning of the panel, which is sort of unusual. Hmm. And we have a narration from a female Imperial officer named Aiden Versio, who turns out to be the leader of Inferno Squad, Mm. which we all like, wait a second, that's a book. (laughs) This is getting very, very interesting. And it turns out that in the trailer, she witnesses the destruction of the Death Star, and she flees apparently into unknown space. And we see, Pictures of the First Order and other things happening. And so we're wondering, is this a post-Endor Imperial campaign led by a female Imperial officer leading Inferno Squad? Mm -hmm. And then as they're discussing, they're discussing the story of the game. They said, yeah, so we totally read Shattered Empire and Aftermath and Lost Stars. And we're all sitting there with our minds blown (laughs) thinking of video game panelists reading Star Wars books and getting lore details and story details from them. And then we seriously lose it when, in the middle of the panel, Christy Golden shows up to talk about her Inferno Squad books. They do a gorgeous cover reveal with Aiden Versio standing in the middle with the Imperial flag wa- uh, waving around her. And it it's turns so out, yeah. So
1: beautiful.
0: Yeah, so beautiful. It's amazing. And it turns out that they have this concerted storytelling campaign to tie in the books with the video game to tell a post-end-or story. And they really, really wanted to get all the details right. And they've been communicating back and forth with art references. They even had the, the actress uh, who was playing, uh, Janina Gavankar, who's playing Aiden Versio. And she had conversations with Christy Golden to make sure that she was playing the character consistently with the book. And the whole thing is completely mind-blowing for a video game panel. And it's, it's like they they knew what we wanted, and they made a video game story just for us.
2: I got to say, Delray has really upped their game on how they're announcing stuff these days or yep. showing stuff off. Yep. We got. Thrawn I actually have a, a little Rubber's anecdote.
3: Panel. Oh, yeah, go I would tell it. an anecdote about this because one of the writers, uh, Mitch Dyer, who's on Battlefront, I guess a couple of months ago when they first announced Inferno Squad, I tweeted to Delray being like, please, please, please let there be, you know, at least one awesome Imperial Lady character for me to cosplay as because I guess I know what I'm about. And as soon as the announcement happened at the Battlefront thing, I get a reply like to that tweet from back in February from Mitch Dyer going, I've been waiting to do this for a while. Meet Iden Versio. You're going to love her. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Like,
0: ah!
1: Wow. Yeah. I, I I, mean, people know my my thoughts on video games, but this is definitely one that I'm at least going to force brian to buy and play so (laughs) i can watch it um if if it's easy enough i might play it myself um because i oh, is it is it an rpg or is it like a shooter it's a shooter or? it's oh. a
2: shooter but Damn as it. this is a single player game uh, we can probably crank down <laughs> the difficult yeah level, there's probably level a story level enough like, story can level I just difficulty?
1: shoot it where i can just point my gun and kill the people with one shot and then move on to the actual story
2: <laughs> uh no but i think bioware has that in mass effect Andromeda now
1: <sighs> that's just what i want i don't care about the fighting
0: um some other cool things about the the panel that they mentioned is that they the, when they were developing the story, they really wanted to make an imperial point of view story. So they were writing, what would people be like who are heroes for the Empire? And what would they think if they actually thought the Empire was something valuable that they had just lost? And that's sort of what guided their story. Oh, and God, this I,
1: really is for Jay. <laughs> I,
0: and Aiden's, Aiden is played by the uh, sort of first uh, Indian-American uh female character in in the Empire, not the first, in you know, in in Star Wars in general, but it, that's especially exciting news for me.
2: Ah, uh, that that is so dang awesome! Yay!
1: Yeah, I I'm excited for this. I like, I I I want to know more about post Endor.
2: So, yeah. although I, I do have to say, I kind of wish uh EA had done this with Battlefront <laughs> that's on what the first go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it took
0: this to make them learn their lesson. I, damn, while well they learned their lesson. So this is <laughs> this looks great. Yeah. So uh, I think
1: probably they were just like, all right, we can just put out this game that's just fighting and people will buy it and we'll make a ton of money
3: and then we can do something else. Well,
2: they weren't necessarily wrong.
3: <laughs> I <Yeah>. they weren't. <laughs> also, I feel like they kind of got screwed by the whole secrecy for Force Awakens yeah. just like everyone else did yeah. where they couldn't really they could tie things in, but they couldn't really tie things in. Yeah. So, but now that this secrecy is not quite as strong, they have more freedom. Also, if race alone appears in this, I'm going to lose it, especially, (laughs) especially if she's in a first order officer uniform and then I'm going to call Jay and I'm going to send him a screenshot and be like, Ha
0: ha 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 yeah this this game may cause me to recant a lot of opinions i've taken over the past year <laughs> since the force awakens um if we're driven i mean if we're playing a story we're actually playing as imperials turning into the first order that's going to be very compelling to me because i'll be in their shoes also
3: and justin boulder and i will never let you forget it it's going to be a oh. great great couple months for us
2: so, so Bria, i have to ask are you now keeping an eye out for deals on xbox ones
3: I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Andromeda didn't get me to crack, but this is, yeah. This will. I have until November, so I can do my Ida Versio costume first, and mm-hmm. then I can get the Xbox. What, when, does it, when does the game come out?
0: November, November
3: 17th. We should, yeah, like... You
0: get the deluxe edition, it's November 14th. And then have... if you do EA or Origin Accents, it's two weeks before that as well.
3: Uh, yeah. We should... And the book. The book is out uh, July 25th. Yeah. Yeah, we should get a, um, we
1: should get a, have our Star Wars Twitter in real life gatherings so we can just play Inferno Squad. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Everybody uh,
2: bring some Xboxes, we'll set up a LAN party. It'll actually, be like 1998. I think
1: because, um, there's this, there's this nerd uh, restaurant near us called Cloak and Blaster and the upstairs is all, like, gaming stuff. So I bet they'll probably have, like, some sort of Inferno Squad party when it comes out. Oh, my out. God.
0: <laughs> one of the, uh, the Ooh, playable... we might have to go there. They, they announced um, in this game they're bringing a class system back to multiplayer so you can pick different character classes. Oh, excellent. And most importantly, the officer is one of the character classes, so I can just make sure I'm going around in a nice, proper uniform, and that's all I care about. So I'm very, very <laughs> happy about that.
2: While some people worry about their weapon loadouts and... Uh, incendiary loadouts, Jay worries about uh, proper officer uniforms. Yeah.
3: (laughs) He just wants to have a fancy hat and look good.
0: And Iden's father is an admiral, so that's also another detail I have to add, because that's really cool. Oh, Yeah, so um...
1: Any other news besides the obvious? Uh, um, we're, we're saving that for last. <laughs> oh, Brian and I went to the Disney Parks panel.
2: Yes, there was actually a ton of really cool stuff discussed. Yeah, there.
1: there wasn't a lot of like actual news. Like a lot of it was stuff. If you've been following, you would know. But they had. Um, it started out with um, one of the Imagineers, um, and uh, I think it was Tom Fitzgerald and um, Anthony Daniels. Came out first, and they were talking about Star Tours and um, the the um, the changes that they're going to make to Star Tours based on uh, the Last Jedi. Actually, it was not, it was cool. They talked about like the whole development of the ride um, back in the '80s, and then and then how they retooled it back in 2011. But um, so they will be adding a module um, for Crate, uh, which is the new planet from the Last Jedi. Um, So that will be coming probably in November uh, or December. So that will be cool. And then they also brought out a a larger panel to talk about um, Star Wars Land as a whole. And um, they had several Disney Imagineers and as well as Doug Chang and Pablo Hidalgo from Lucasfilm. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was neat because uh, Doug Chang talked about all the artwork and how they've been helping design for the land. And then Pablo was talking about the story and how this planet is going to be a completely new planet that we had never seen before.
2: Oh, Can so, we, can we ta- stop to talk about the lore of this planet yes. for a second? So they, they did not give us a name of this planet, but what they said was this was a planet that was a major hub in the pre hyperspace uh, sublight travel era of Star Wars,
1: yeah, so that was really cool. And now, now that there's hyperspace, it's kind of like fallen by you know it hasn't people don't come there as much anymore. So it's kind of like wild space, uh, frontier world planet. Um, I they they mentioned First Order and Resistance, so I believe the time time frame it's going to be sequel trilogy, uh, which makes sense. And what was really cool is they said it's going to be, the whole experience is going to be interactive. So, like, you can kind of choose your alignment. And based on your decisions, it kind of, like, builds a reputation. So, like, if you're there and you're, like, you know, siding with the resistance, you know, and First the- Order troopers are marching around, they might come over and harass you. Um, Which is really neat and... Yeah, That's it, why they have magic pants. <laughs> it sounded like
2: this. it's sounded like this amazing, uh, Bioware role playing game style, um, but in real reputation life. system that follows you as you're there throughout the day. Uh, it's impacted by how you interact with the park, uh, how you uh, perform on certain marquee rides. Apparently, the uh, Millennium Falcon ride, um, the Millennium Falcon ride, uh, is extremely interactive you get to pilot the thing and based on how you perform in that ride it's going to impact the rest of your day at the park
3: this yeah. is literally everything i ever wanted and more
2: yeah it's uh it's shaping up to be something really special
0: yeah. it's like disney saw harry potter world and said what can we do that's one step above that because we need to get our game back up again
2: yeah, uh, yeah i mean this is uh I think uh, Wizarding World of Harry Potter was shots across the bow, yeah, for uh, Disney Imagineers, and now they're saying, "Oh yeah, watch this. <laughs> hold my
0: beer. Watch this.
3: <laughs> yeah, hold my llama and ale and watch this." Come I know. On, Brian. I'm thinking
1: of like like Mission Space, how when you were like you know playing the. Please different tell me oils. they're going to have
0: a Star Wars bar. Uh,
1: of course they are. It's not going to be the can the actual cantina, but I'm sure they will have a cantina. Uh, They're gonna. I mean, because they want people to spend money, and of course, because you'll go and buy like every Star Wars themed drink. I'll just hold it, Brian. It's fine. My microphone is falling over. Oh, that's what that sound is. So Brian's trying to fix it. I'm just like, I'll hold it. I'll hold it. It's fine. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) Uh. So, um, any any other any other news that we are forgetting. Rebels, books,
3: games, parks. Oh, uh, your action figures. Oh, yes. Jay.
0: Yes. So you like to speak um, about this? (laughs) Absolutely. So uh, I didn't actually get to go to the Hasbro panel, but I was following it very closely. And there are two particular action figures I was most excited about. Um, First of all, we got the surprise announcement of a Thrawn Black Series figure which uh, is a six-inch uh, figure, and there's a special Comic-Con version of it that has uh, Thrawn's art collection from Rebels, including the Salamiri, E-Salamiri, however the hell you pronounce that thing, uh, statues plus his various art pieces, um, and it's the first Thrawn uh, figure that has correct Greg insignia and epaulets because the smaller one had errors. Um, but most importantly for me is they revealed the design for the uh fans choice poll winner from last year Jaina Solo and the figure is absolutely amazing.
1: Yay. Yeah, it they, was, it's really cool looking and I'm really glad that she's in her flight suit.
0: Yeah, they they were, so they were we were sort of speculating beforehand will they do her as a Jedi or will they do her as a pilot and they said why not both. And so they have her in a flight suit with a helmet that actually fits over her hair and then they said or she can be it's the first pilot figure that can take off the flight suit and just have a uh New Jedi Order style or, you know, Legacy of the Force style Jedi jumpsuit instead. And they nailed it.
1: Yes. Am I here? Am I muted? There I am. (laughs) Uh, Do we need a pause so I can fix this? Yes. (laughs) We're going to pause.
0: Okay. Okay, now we're good.
1: Okay, so we were talking about Jaina, uh, that she can be both, uh, or were we talking about Theron? Were we talking about Theron then?
0: Uh, we just finished with Jaina okay. um, and <laughs> talking about the pilot jet Jedi thing. And I guess I forgot to mention, they also, uh, when they're designing the figure, because there's no actual actress or official movie portrayal of her, they said, we'll design this figure to actually look like she's the daughter of Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford. So that was really, really, really cool. That's really cool. With that extra effort yeah. to make her look the part.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I'm excited about this. I'd be more excited if it was three and three-quarter inches, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, so is the Thrawn figure, is that going to be available, like, wide release, and it's just the office thing that's like, I- yeah, exclusive? Yeah,
0: so the art okay. the art gallery is only the Comic-Con exclusive. Okay. The actual Thrawn figure will come out on September 1st on Okay,
1: because I might have to buy the actual six-inch figure, because it's really cool looking. <laughs>
0: I mean, they they, they did great detail on it, and this face sculpt everything. The uniform, it's perfect.
1: Okay, so we should move on to The Last Jedi.
2: I guess we should move on to The Last
0: Jedi. Um,
1: There wasn't really a lot, actually, that was new, that was revealed. Um, Yes, there was. It was very, very important. Very important.
0: I was standing right next to her, and I can attest (laughs) to that, yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, Well, okay. Well, as far as, like... Yes, that was important. Yes, I know what you're talking about. But, like... It's quality, not quantity. It is. No, but I'm saying, like, actual, like, you know... Because it seemed like, for Anaheim, we really didn't know anything. So, it was, like, an overload of information. Now, we at least kind of, like, know what where we are in the timeline and who the main characters are. But we learned... We met new characters.
3: Um, and, uh, Bria, I'll let you take this one. <laughs> yes. So, Kelly Marie Tran... Uh, we knew that she got cast a while ago, and they have have been saying that she has a large role, and this time they flat out said, like, the biggest of the new roles is what she has, and they brought her out on stage, and I almost cried a little bit. It was fine. Everything was fine. Um, and they announced that her character's name is Rose, and she's a mechanic with the Resistance, and she's sort of like the type who doesn't really want to go out and like become the hero, but she gets swept up in it nonetheless, and she's adorable, and her character looks awesome, and what I saw of her costume looks great, and I just really, really love her already. I know nothing about her, but I love her, and I'm going to protect Kelly Marie Tran at all costs. <laughs> yeah,
1: that was. I, I'm I'm very happy that there are more girls, uh, and that she her role is pretty big from what they've all said. So, yeah, excited she, to see how she fits in with the larger story.
3: Yeah, it seems like her and Finn have a lot of stuff together. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because if they um, – yeah. Um, so uh, we learned that the the new planet that we see in the trailer is called Crate. It's like a mining planet. Um, and That's really all we know about it <laughs> so far. Uh, we got a teaser poster, which was really, really cool. Um, and you should go look at it if you haven't seen it yet, but I'm sure you have. Um, and uh, what else besides the trailer? Because we'll talk about that last.
2: I want a bind up of all of Ryan Johnson's <laughs> yes! set photos.
0: Oh, those photos are incredible. Oh
1: my god! They need to sell that, please.
0: Like I, I'm yeah, serious. Make an art book after the. Week, I'm serious. The yeah,
2: I would pay a couple hundred bucks for a great quality uh, hardback I, of those books.
1: Those are great. Those are such great pictures, especially the one of Oscar Isaac in the, the cockpit. Mm. <laughs>
3: um, I love he was, because he made some comment during the panel about he was like the only person who could have a camera on yes. set and not get like tackled. Mm-hmm. And then
1: yep. he was taking pictures all throughout the panel because <laughs> we watched it the other night and I'm like, there he is taking a picture. Um, so, uh uh, Josh Gad was the host of that panel and he tried to, you know, get some more information from Daisy Ridley, but of course, it didn't work. <laughs> but uh, It was cute. It was cute. It was very cute. Um, so, uh, John Boyega was talking a little bit about Finn and how he's, like, you know, determined to, like, find his place in the Resistance and um, I'm very excited to see, you know, how he, um, you know, deals with leaving the First Order and joining this new group um, and also how he gets better because um, he will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, Daisy Ridley really talked a little bit about Ray and how um, the, the one part that stuck out for me was how, you know, they say don't meet your heroes or like sometimes you meet your heroes and they're not what they expect. Uh, so that was intriguing. Also intriguing because, like, she didn't really know who Luke Skywalker was, really. So, I'm interested to see, like, what exactly she has in her head about him now. Um,
3: and then we saw a trailer. Oh, wait, oh, hold, hold on. on. Other important news. Yes. Kylo scar is different. Oh, yes. Kylo scar is different. And oh, people, let's litigate
2: this one for people the People are hour. really
3: angry about it. And
1: I'm just like... There was one shot of him lying on the ground, bloodied, and you can't really tell where the scar is supposed to be because it's dark light. Uh, but yeah, people are angry about that, and I'm just kind of like, eh, whatever. I liked. I liked Ryan
3: Johnson's response. Was it looked goofy? I moved it. Get over it. Yeah, yeah. In different words, of course, but yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and also they said that uh, Mark Hamill was being his usual Mark Hamill self. Um, and Kathleen Kennedy interrupted him and she's like, I just want to say that Luke, I just want to emphasize the importance of this character to the movie and how important Luke Skywalker is. And Mark's just sitting there like, oh, oh, whatever. (laughs) Oh, you. Uh, but, um, so yeah, we got the trailer, which is very exciting, except not at the actual moment. Which is one of the bad things about the convention. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's um it's gonna be an interesting movie. <laughs> uh very empirey. Uh we got mostly just um shots of kind of Luke and Ray in what we assume is her training. Um but the big thing that everyone has been focusing on is the end of the trailer. And Luke says, I only know one truth, it's time for the Jedi to end. And people are like, oh
2: my god, what
1: does this mean?
2: Is it a misdirect? Probably. Can we dissect it? Absolutely.
1: See, I don't think it is a misdirect. I think it's right there on the tin. But does he say this early on and then Ray convinces him, no, we have to, you know, go and fight the First Order? Or... Is it actually him saying, yes, I'll train you, but I won't train you as Jedi? Um, also, it's really not that big of a surprise if you look at the title yeah. of the movie.
3: Like, <laughs> well, and Come c- on, y'all.
1: Yeah, because people were like, oh my God, the last Jedi, Luke's going to die. And I'm like, no, or he just doesn't think the Jedi should continue, which, which is I my favorite pet theory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people were really mad and saying how Luke was you know, depressed and emo and stay tuned to Tashi Station on Monday because I have an article about
0: that. <laughs> I, I'll just be mad if it ends up that he is the last Jedi, just because one of my friends would always interpret that old Yoda quote quote from Return the Jedi, When gone am I the last of the Jedi will you be? Right. Um he's always interpreted as an instruction from Yoda to end the Jedi and if he retroactively ends up being right, I will be so mad.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Jay, I just I think that twenty seventeen just needs to be the year of you being wrong. <laughs>
0: pretty much is going to be. But
1: that wasn't Ewan's directive. That's a thing. Ewan is directing him to pass on what he's learned and train more people. Luke is the one who decides that it has to end because Luke is better than everyone else. And
3: everyone should just listen to him.
0: You're not biased at all, of course.
3: I'm not. I'm not biased at all. (laughs) Yeah. It's, It's like how me saying that I was disappointed that there was no Rose in the trailer and no Hux in the trailer is not at all biased.
1: It was a very focused trailer. Um, it yes. was very focused on the Jedi aspect of it, and which I think was purposeful. Um, and, and it is
0: the first teaser after yeah. all, so
1: I, I'm wondering if we'll get more trailers, like because uh, um, if we'll get another one in like July and then one in October ish. When's D twenty three?
3: I don't know. August, I think.
1: But I'm wondering I'm if guessing- we'll get more than two.
3: I'm guessing we're gonna get another behind the scenes thing at either San Diego or D23. Yeah, and then is, another is trailer going... is gonna be September October.
2: Yeah, is mm-hmm. Lucasfilm going back to D23? Or er, sorry, not D23, uh, San Diego Comic Con.
1: I have no idea.
0: What B2. I what I heard is that they were not doing Star Wars at, at San Diego that much. Um, they were gonna do Marvel, but that's just a rumor. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah.
2: No, I think that's right. Uh, uh, Some kind of behind-the-scenes sizzle reel in the summer, and a final trailer probably during a Monday night football in October. (laughs) Ugh. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I'm sure we'll learn more more about that later. Because yeah, I'm I and I know a lot of people were expecting um, Laura Dern to be. at the panel because she she, was in yeah she
2: was at the park yeah she
1: instagrammed something and was like preparing for star wars but then she wasn't there so i was like oh okay (laughs) whatever
0: (laughs) she probably saw the lines and said yeah i'm out
1: (laughs) yeah right uh so yeah um that's it we're gonna talk about the actual trailer probably later like actually break it down because um so, let's
3: talk about the con itself.
1: <laughs> this
3: is the part where I mute my microphone and which you guys talk about the line for the 40th because well, I slept well, in a bed. Well, let's talk about the good stuff first. So, the good stuff was the actual panels themselves were really uh, great.
2: This is far and away the best programming they've had at any celebration yeah. ever.
3: Although, do you guys want to start? Do you guys want to like get your ran out of your system, and then we can end on a high note? Okay, yeah, that's yeah. A good let, idea. Let's do that. Um, so, uh, we decided
1: that we were going to wait overnight for the 40th anniversary panel because we couldn't do it for the last Jedi panel, and we were like, we want to start out and see this big panel that everyone's been talking about. Um, so we got there around it was like 10:30, 10:15, right, Jay? yeah remember. around then so we yeah. got we got there we had to wait in line for security uh, we got in uh, first of all, the problem was that there's no one at the table to peace bond my friend's plastic lightsaber
2: which wasn't even supposed to be peace bonded to begin with.
1: yeah per convention so, was. so we got so we finally got in we got we got seated we're like, okay, we're just gonna go in come find us um, and they were telling people, you know don't let people join you in line. Once you're in, you know, if you, if you leave and come back, that's fine, but no one else can join you, blah, blah, blah. Um, and we weren't really sure if we would be getting into the room or not because, um, you know, how many people were there and we weren't sure how much, how much space the room had. But, um, as the night went on, we like talked to other people and we talked to some of the Sky Talkers girls who were in line behind us. And judging by their numbers, we assumed we were good to go. And Jay, especially because you and your group were, were ahead of us. Um, so after that, I was like, okay, yeah, we're, we're good. We're going to get it. Then people start to fall asleep or drift off. And at 1 a.m., uh, mm-hmm. we are awakened by Mark Daniel, who announced, who got on a bullhorn to talk to everyone and hype us all up for the panel that we're going to see in. 10 hours (laughs) uh and basically said everyone who's in this room will be in the galaxy stage so we were like yay we didn't stay out here for nothing woohoo uh then they had an impromptu rave for half an hour uh which (laughs) had a lot of people really annoyed um Finally, everyone started quieting down. It got very quiet in the exhibit hall. Everyone was sleeping. And then they reopened the doors at five.
2: And all hell promptly broke loose.
1: Yes. So when you say to people, you're going to get into this panel and the doors are locked, perhaps then is when you can wristband people while they can't leave and no one's coming in. Uh, because what happened was people came in when the doors opened at 5 a.m. They started condensing the lines. Um, there was no sort of indication of where the line had ended. Like these people stayed the night before these people did not. Um, and a bunch of people came in and met up with their friends that were already in line
2: by a bunch. We're talking a couple hundred.
1: Yeah, because it was like, you know, it was one or two. With a group, which doesn't seem like a lot, but considering we were probably like twenty three hundred people, there in, were there back were at least five
2: hundred people who jumped in ahead of us. Yeah,
1: it was really shitty, and they had no way to know because how, how do they know you're you're here all night? You know, other than the fact that you look like shit and you're carrying around a <laughs> camping mattress. Uh, so yeah, that was very frustrating. We like were keeping te- for, and then it took like an hour to wristband everyone. Um, so we were keeping an eye on what wristbands they were giving out and the way they were giving them out too was ridiculous like they had a table with the wristbands and they put that in front of every shoot and you just walked you know went up and got your wristband instead of like going down the lines um, because you know that sure made sure no one cheated Um, so like literally right before Jay and his group got up they switched over to the new wristbands for the celebration stage and it was super frustrating uh so yeah that was our hopes dashed on the first day after and being promised our, otherwise and
2: the line and security experience really didn't get much better from there
1: no and also um actually so i was listening to the the sky talkers podcast uh from celebration and um the one of the girls ended up inadvertently getting into the galaxy stage because she um they they left and then came back and she was waiting outside because she had left her phone in the cab and um when she finally went back into the building she really didn't know where she was supposed to go and they told her to like go where the huge line huge line was and she's like well i don't want to go over there so she went up an escalator that was you know completely empty and she went into what you know, she assumed would take her to the galaxy or to the celebration stage. And it was the galaxy stage. Um, so I'm like, oh, yeah, good job checking wristband security. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame her because I would have done the same thing if I had gotten in there and been like, oh, OK, I belong here. Um, but, yeah, that's that's the kind of thing that's that's just the kind of thing we were dealing with all weekend. People had no idea what they were doing. They had no idea what to answer questions. They were rude. And, you know, yeah. Jay, I'll let you rant now.
0: Yeah, I mean, my main thing was, you know, we only ended up getting about an hour or two of sleep with all the rock concert and the lightsaber fights that they were having all night. And if we were going to end up watching on a TV screen, we might as well have just done it at home. And if they would have told us, none of us would have stayed there Mm -hmm. all night. And, you know, I, I, it's really hard because the actual content of the con was great. Like the 40th anniversary panel was exceptional and it was a great experience. I just would have loved knowing that we should have been in there was what was killing us because I think if we didn't have that expectation and we watched it, we would have just had our minds blown and loved every aspect of it. And having that start off the convention was not ideal. And the organization really did not get better from there until maybe about Saturday or Sunday, they finally got their act together. But by then it was way too late.
1: Yeah. They, we, um, I, you know, I was excited. Brian was, you know, very annoyed i think you were very annoyed throughout like the first whole half of the panel and i don't think it was until like harrison Ford came out where you started like getting excited and then once they did all the stuff with carrie and then it was kind of like everything was forgotten after that
0: yeah um, when billy came on stage my my rage vanished and, I and was, then I
1: was. yeah and then the and then john williams came out and it was like i'm so glad i at least stayed to watch this but you know kathleen kennedy comes out and starts a panel and thanks everyone who camped out overnight to be here and i every time i will listen to that i will just get bitter
3: um i'm just like
1: yeah because she didn't know of course but yeah we're like, not mad at
0: her obviously but
1: but it's like yeah like i i feel like if you're camping out overnight you should at least be able to see the the, well, the live the
2: live show so much of the problem was there was no one on staff you could find anywhere at any point at any line at any of the days there
1: yeah we had to go out of our way to find someone to to, um get us in to get our wristbands for the rebels panel um and we were told numerous times oh there's no special access to the rebels panel and we're like yes there is look at this email on my phone and then people be like well that says to come back here at this time
3: i'm like well can we can we get up there at this time i don't know Yeah, And by the time we got (laughs) up there, they were actually out of wristbands and were just handing out cards, which was fine because I'm happy we got the cards for Rebels because that's a cool souvenir. But like, it was ridiculous.
1: Yeah. And it's like, you know, it just – it kind of puts a a damper on the whole spirit. Like, you're trying to have a good time. You're trying not to get annoyed. Like, you know, obviously, there's going to be some issues with 70,000 people and you, you know, we're we're all understanding enough. But when it just – builds up over the entire weekend um and then the whole cluster on friday morning we're trying to get into the convention center like brian got stuck in the holding area for like 20 minutes and i had to go out and get him and that's why i lost my spot at the star wars.com stage (laughs) because i assumed okay brian can just get in get in the the convention center with his media badge and come find me and they're like nope
2: Yeah, I'm going to use my one PG-13 (laughs) F-bomb here. Uh, While I was trying to get into uh, the convention center, I wanted to get to the media room. Um, I showed them my media badge at one of the entrances. I said, I'm trying to get into the media room, and one of the convention center staff told me to go fuck myself.
3: Nice, because that's professional. Super Mm -hmm. professional. Yeah,
2: super professional. Uh, and they sent me all the way to Hall E Mm -hmm. to do security. Then they trapped me inside of Hall E and wouldn't let me get back to the, uh, state, to the, uh, show floor, uh, to, to the show floor or the media room or just get anywhere out, get anywhere else other than Hall E. There was a massive 3,000 person line there that as near as I can tell was a 3,000 person line going to nowhere. Yeah, There were no staff members anywhere to help manage the lines or tell people where to go. And then we ran into the same problem uh, on Saturday. Um, We got sent all the way down to Hall E again to do a security check. Then we said, hey, we would like to get into the media area so we can get this wristband thing taken care of. And they wouldn't let us leave Hall E. Yeah,
1: they're like, well, you have to leave the building and then come back inside. So, like, we're going to have to go through another security check? Yeah. I'm like, can you just let us out the other yeah, way? We so we had to find someone in an orange shirt to let us out of that
3: that queuing area. And also, that us- was not a security check. No, no, it um, was not. It's actually more uns. How they were handling things is more unsafe.
2: Well oh, we've got a we've got a friend that works in uh, public safety and said, yeah, this is uh, this is leaps and bounds more unsafe than just having some uh, security personnel with some. Bomb, sn- bomb! weapon sniffing yeah. dogs. The dogs, and just going through there. the
3: dogs made me feel safe. The people checking our bags did not make me feel safe. That was not it. That was not a check. Like on Friday morning, I had, I had my blaster. It was folded inside like a jacket I had in my bag. Right. They never, they never even. Yeah, and we they never even re- opened my bag, and when, I'm like. I, it's it's ridiculous though so everything was just stupid and it offended me almost because of how bad it was. One
1: time we came in through the Rosen Center Skywalk um after, you know, it, it was later in the day, so it was free flow by then. And so they let us just in with our media badges and didn't even look in our bags. Um, they were doing the same thing with the exhibitors and the like what I guess what the exhibitor entrance was. And it was like, Okay, but exhibitors can bring stuff in too like you, you know we don't you don't know anything about who the exhibitors are like just because you're trusting them because they have an exhibitor badge they could give it to someone else oh and like,
2: then the, then the next day exhibitors couldn't even get in
1: yeah so like yeah i they were hassling like, people uh, chuck, with all right. yeah yeah
2: chuck chuck wendig got hassled has a
1: special guest pass <laughs> um yeah it was just it was just really stupid like they, there's at least seven entrances to the West Concourse and the first day they were funneling everything, everyone oh. through one entrance. I,
2: I saw so many people blaming the facility for these problems when- It wasn't the no, facility. Look back at Celebration Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Everywhere you looked, you could find someone wearing a crew shirt yeah. who could help you and the crew people were handling bags, well, ch- checks said, and things like that.
1: And We've heard from people that volunteers just didn't show up. And they weren't trained, and they didn't know what they were doing. the The convention center staff itself was
2: didn't know what they were doing. Um, yeah. So here they wound up leaning more on the convention center staff, which they were awful. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, a part of that's because I I heard I think a good part of it is um, notifications did not go out into volunteers until like two weeks before yeah. the convention. So people who had volunteered uh, either couldn't make it. Yeah, uh, because it, they were told so late, uh, or uh, the remaining people who did show up just flaked out.
1: Yeah, it. Um, yeah, it was just that it was just those sort of
3: frustrating things all weekend. Um. Also, not a line thing, but in the behind the scenes stage for the 40th anniversary panel, there was almost a riot in there <sighs> because when they went to show us the nice little here's our video about the 40th, mm-hmm. uh, they showed it to us. But from a camera angle where we saw the audience watching it, oh god, and we saw it in like the top right-hand part of the screen, so we couldn't really watch it. And oh, so that went on for a while, and then finally we got the video, but they took off the audio. Oh my god! So we didn't really get to see the video until like a th- two-thirds of the way through, and we we're just kind of like, guys, come yeah. on! Um,
2: I don't know what was going on there, but there were AV problems throughout the convention. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the Wars dot com stage was having uh, speaker. Well, they issues didn't have. The it time. wasn't a
1: speaker issue. It was that their speakers weren't strong enough. I yeah, don't. So, I don't know what's the word uh, for speakers.
2: They're, they're, they're PA speakers. Yeah, but uh, PSAV out here um, handles that, and apparently Reed just did not put in for enough uh, equipment needs. Yeah, and that was just the problem throughout. Hmm. Um, They did not order enough equipment to handle it. Yeah.
3: And please, please, please never put a TIE fighter that close to the StarWars.com stage uh, again. It looked really cool from the
1: live stream, but the people who are there trying to watch can't see anything. And that's the
2: whole point of having the big-ass screen right there. I I just don't understand why they had it square flush with the screen and not, you know, off to to the the side. side.
3: Or even further back because they had a big area around the yeah. stage like cordoned off. So there were like little metal fences everywhere. So just push it back a bit mm-hmm. to the side and you're fine. Yep. But. Yep. Um, also, I don't
2: know why there weren't more screens just throughout the <laughs> right? hall and why yeah. they didn't just pipe in the audio into the hall. Yeah.
1: Um. So, yeah, that was just basically the. Trebles over the weekend. Um, I, you know, I hope we, I, I want to go back to Anaheim just because I like that area a little better. Um, but as far as like the, like, I think the convention center in Orlando is a better, f- is better just because of it's bigger. Um, I know they're expanding Anaheim, so that's good. But, um, you know, it's, I don't think it's the facility that's the problem. I think it's the organization. And there were, I, it were,
2: the space that was there was really badly utilized. I
1: just hope I, I either Reed needs to learn lessons or they need to not plan another celebration. And I yeah. hate I hate saying that, but because I love Mary Frank Franklin and her team, but it's like it's, it was just not. It, it was good. not what I expect from a celebration, and they've done celebrations here before. They've done celebrations in Orlando before, and they were great. So that's the
3: that's the even more frustrating thing. Um. So yeah, um, I mean, I'm hoping I'm hoping it goes back to Anaheim in 2019, simply because everything was much more central. Yeah, and you didn't have to grab a Lyft or an Uber all the time. Yeah.
1: Plus, it's but, nice to like go back and forth, you know. And yeah. Do something
2: new. I mean, I'm still expecting it's going to be alternating coasts indefinitely.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, but it would uh, make the
3: most sense. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Um, this was not a well run con, and it's disappointing to say, and I feel bad saying it. It just, it <laughs> pr- honestly is the worst run major convention I've been to. Yeah. And that makes that hurts me to say.
1: Um so let's go ahead and talk about good things because I know Jay you have to leave soon. So we'll speed up. Um so Jay, what was your favorite thing about the weekend?
0: So my favorite thing was as usual the social aspect, of meeting everyone, <laughs> including old friends and new friends from new podcasts got to meet. Uh why I've already met most of the Rogue Podrun crew got to meet a few of them, got to meet the Sky Talkers, got to meet other people from Star Wars Twitter. The Carrie Gala that certain people on this podcast run (laughs) was Oh yeah that thing (laughs) Yeah it was absolutely it's it's nice to be on the other side of that, isn't it? Yes Um, was absolutely incredible. And I think a lot of people said that was like their favorite experience from the con and it was wonderful.
3: Yay. Yeah, you guys did an amazing job with that. You really did.
0: I can never do one
2: of those again.
1: (laughs) What about after the convention, Jay? What what sorts of fun did you have after um, a celebration?
0: <laughs> so we went to uh, Epcot, and, uh, you know, we had we had fun in the World Showcase. And then uh, the, these folks decided that I should go meet Nancy Elsa and Anna. Um, And so we waited in the line. I think I was the only person over the age of 10 in line, <laughs> uh, at least, you know, to meet them. Uh, I had brought some formal white ball gloves that I had with me from the Carrie Gala, and... Uh, I, I went to meet them and they were they were all in character you know oh you ha- you have gloves do you have a thing with dirt my sister has a thing with dirt or Elsa <laughs> Elsa, do you was have like, <laughs> or Elsa was like ice
1: powers right Elsa was like you
0: have ice powers my parents used to make me wear the gloves I'm like no nope, no nope, no powers I you know just have to wear gloves to meet war- royalty and I think the room cracked up and the characters almost broke character but it was <laughs> a pretty awesome awesome experience. If you if you don't know, Frozen is probably my favorite Disney movie, and I saw it a bazillion times when I was out in theaters.
3: I was on the ground crying from laughing. <laughs> it personally. was really, it was, was really so fun. <laughs> <sighs> it was it was good. You it, guys should go look at Nancy's Twitter to
1: see the pictures. Jay was so happy and trying not to be. <laughs>
0: I don't smile in photos at the role.
3: Yeah. Well, you did on oh, this Oh, you did in these. <laughs> you
0: did in these. Trying not to. <laughs> you have so failed, hard.
3: your highness.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, Priya, what about you? What are your favorite things from the con?
3: Oh, God. Um, I mean, I, I'll be cliche and say getting to hang out with everyone. Um, Anytime I'm by the Delray booth is a good time. Um. Oh, there was a gathering of Afras after the Marvel panel. That was fun. There were six of us. (laughs) Yeah, there were six of us all there. It was really, really cool to see so many other people, especially other Asian women dressing up as Afra. I talked to one of them. We were just both so excited. We finally had a character that we could costume as. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's like like Jay said, getting to meet everyone, getting to say hi to everyone. Um, Oh, oh, I have it. Uh, I organized uh, <laughs> a beautiful, beautiful thing for Celebration uh, <laughs> for the Rogue Squadron meetup. Uh, so if you've read the Ray Squadron books, you are familiar with Fod, and Dodd, the Noburn brothers, which are oh, a yeah. disguise that three of the pilots wear. Uh, and it is basically space rednecks. <laughs> it's the most beautiful, beautiful thing. And so I got Brian... Uh, Jonathan, and then my friend Sean to do the costumes, and I will let Brian discuss his experience with that. I just facilitated it. Uh,
2: yeah, so we showed up dressed as space yokels. Uh, I had this lovely combination of purple shorts, a orange t-shirt, and hideous, uh, orange aloa shirt. Uh, uh, Jonathan and Lavender Sean... Lavender
1: short pants.
2: Lavender short pants, I'm sorry. Uh, Jonathan and, uh, Sean had these wonderfully hideous burlap uh, ponchos they were wearing, and we showed up and crashed a uh, podcast recording in character. It was lovely. Don't forget your hat. Uh, Yes, we had ugly hats. We had (laughs) ugly straw hats. Yay. I don't know what happened to those hats.
3: Yes. (laughs) They were in character the whole time, because, oh my gosh, you could see my ankle. I was practically naked. (laughs) Um...
1: I think my—I don't even know what my favorite. I think I think actually my favorite panel was we went to the Rebel Reunion. Yeah, panel you and I are going to share a favorite on this one. Yeah, and it was um, Dennis Lawson, Gary Hagon, Angus McGinnis, Tim Rose, and Mike Quinn, who are Wedge, Biggs, uh, Dutch Gold Leader, uh, Akbar, and Nian Num, uh, respectively, and it was. A super fun panel. It was like five old guys shooting the shit with each other, telling really funny stories. And, um, this is Dennis Lawson's first time at a celebration. And he was overwhelmed with how much people loved his character. He seemed
2: genuinely blown away and had no idea how big a deal Wedge was.
1: Yeah. And, like, people were bringing him the books to sign, and he, like, had no idea that this was a thing. Um, but he was like, you know, I'm overwhelmed. This is, you know, this is really great, and I will definitely be back, um... And I'm really hoping that they will use this as leverage to be like, put him in nine, put him in nine, put him in nine. Yes, I- I'm hoping it might be like it might be um, like a like a, a foolgia thing, and he's actually in eight and we just don't know it yet. <laughs>
2: when all is lost, a uh, cell of resistance uh, carrier oh, no. shows up with uh, Admiral Antilles at the Stop. helm.
1: I need it. Stop. But yeah, I really hope that at least they
3: will be like, hey, do you rethink your, uh, your no for seven? Uh, come back, please. Because um, um, he was – my friend Sean has a Wedge Antilles tattoo on his mm-hmm. shoulder, like a big one, and he showed it to, to Dennis and apparently the next day he was talking to his agent, whoever was with him, and was like, yeah, some guy came in and he had my face on his arm. And I, <laughs> I had no idea it was this big of a thing. Like people actually care. <laughs>
1: yeah it was great and um that was just such a fun panel and um and when when dennis lawson came out i leaned over to brian i'm like are you okay and he just kind of went no <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's effing hilarious he is too. so funny
1: and he told great stories about him being friends with ian mcdermott and jay was just like smiling Your from ear to ear <laughs> they were roommates and then, um, so there's an interview with him on the StarWars.com stage with Anthony Carboni and he was, uh, he, he was telling that story and Anthony, Anthony Carboni said, I would pay, I would pay good money to see the, a TV show, to see that TV show, with the Emperor and Wedge's roommate. Yes, <laughs> That would be so great. Um, so that was probably my favorite panel just because it was, you know, it was just something that I haven't really done before, you know, like, because a lot of the panels are stuff, you know, you might talk about at different cons or stuff, you know, like behind the scenes things. But that was really like a unique thing that, you know, I've never actually it's d- done at another celebration. So that was probably my favorite panel. Um, uh, I think just overall was how, <laughs> how present Mark Hamill was at Celebration. <laughs> I'll stay on brand. Uh, between his panel that I got to see on, on m- Sunday, thanks to an anonymous benefactor, who is lovely and gifted me a wristband, um, he did his entire panel with really bad laryngitis, like he could barely talk. Um, and then he went immediately after that to the StarWars.com stage and did an interview. For like 15
2: minutes. Yeah. He went for an hour 15 wow. minutes he did, with laryngitis, yeah. just straight.
1: And he talks the whole, I mean, it was just him. There, like he had no, he had no one else on stage with him. It was just him. Um, and then he did. He was at the 40th panel for a little while. Then he did his tribute to Carrie Fisher, which I still haven't watched.
2: Uh, we have to mention one thing Mark did for us.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can you can say this because I can't, can't talk about it, it anymore. Um,
2: Mark Hamill did want to be at the gala for a little bit, but he couldn't make it because he was doing uh, rehearsals for uh the um tlj panel also he needed morning. to sleep <laughs> yes um so uh one of the people in our executive committee had reached out to try and say hey hoping against all hope hey would mark be okay making an appearance turns out uh we get through to mary lou hamill
1: which is like basically getting through to
2: mark <laughs> yeah um and uh we uh, she says, "Yeah, Mark would absolutely love to do this. We have to see how it works." Then it turns out, yeah, his schedule's too tight; can't make it work. But Mary Lou then says, "He's going to record a video and send it to you to play at the at the gala." So uh, night of the gala, uh, we get. Uh, we get this video sent to us and it's, uh, it's Mark, uh, with this very heartfelt, uh, message thanking, uh, everyone for going to the Gala and raising money for one of, Car- for, uh, Carrie's favorite charity, uh, and uh, that uh, it's great to see that uh, we love her as much as Mark loves her. It was this. It was really sweet. Um, he absolutely did not have to take the time to send that to us, but did anyways. And uh, it was it was just a uh, it was a very lovely thing that uh, he went out of his way to do for us.
1: He knows that I exist. I can die happy now. <laughs> <laughs> um. So those are probably my favorite things, Brian.
2: Uh, it's that Rebels panel. That Rebels <laughs> panel was amazing. Um, I I loved it to bits. And because it's – because Dennis Lawson was there, we're hearing stories we've never heard before yeah. at a Star Wars convention. It was so
1: funny because, like, people, when they – um when it was on the app, like, who was going to be in it, people were like, just FYI, this isn't about – this panel isn't about Rebels. So, you know, don't get disappointed. And meanwhile, me and Brian and Jay were all like – Uh, why would you be disappointed about this? This is amazing.
2: (laughs) I wasn't going to go see the panel before I knew who was there. (laughs) But yes, that was, that was the highlight for me. Yeah. Any, any last thoughts before we uh, wrap up and let Jay go?
3: (laughs) Um, I want to know where the next one is already so we can start planning. And I'm kind of bummed we didn't get anything about the Han Solo film or what the next spin-off is.
1: Yeah. I, um, I just hope that they've learned their lessons and I've learned my lessons and will never camp out for a line ever again, no matter what the panel is. Um, I promise to smack you if you try to again. Yeah. And I'll just instead, you know, get there, you know, get to the convention center around eight o'clock. And go see it at the dot-com stage or in a hotel room with other people. Yeah, I think (laughs)
2: if I miss out on a streaming wristband, I'm just going to go back to the hotel and watch it on my laptop. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do from there on
3: out. 40th worked for me. I went over at like 7.30, still got a behind-the-scenes streaming wristband. So I was like, all right. Yeah. I'm chill. (laughs) Yeah. Jay.
0: Um, yeah, same thing. I mean, I, I learned you see on the stage or singing with friends is obviously maybe the more ideal experience. And being in the room is not all it's cracked up to be, especially if you have to go through that ordeal again, which <laughs> I mean, being in the room for Force Awakens is never going to be topped anyway. So why bother?
1: Plus, it's like, you know, it's four days, you know. And by the by the by the end, I was so sleepy. <laughs> I just wanted to sleep, and I still haven't caught up on my sleep. And it's like you want to do everything, but you know, everyone says beforehand you just you need to pace yourself, and that that is true. <laughs> you need to pace yourself, or you're not going to have fun.
2: So let's go ahead and wrap up there. Uh, we're going to make a note. Uh, we're recording again on Monday uh, with Tom over from Delray. We're going to be talking about. Uh, operation blue milk uh the 40 years and 40 stories uh anthology that uh delray has put together very excited to discuss that with tom uh let's see uh hey uh Bri and jay where can we find you online before we let you go
0: i at- station
3: oh sorry go ahead jay. <laughs> at-
0: yeah no worries i just need to run um i'm at admiral jello on twitter and i write for 1138.com all right bye jay right.
3: bye bye jay <laughs> and then there's me Bria. Find me at Tashi Station. And then uh, I'm also on Twitter at Chaos Bria. And you can also follow my geek fashion blog, which is whitehotroom.com
2: okay well we'll go ahead and wrap up there i don't have my outro notes so uh tashi station.net everything's there tashi underscore station that's the twitter account for the show nancy pants nancy with an i lane winry l-a-n-e-w-i-n-r-e-e uh facebook patreon or uh facebook we're there hey we've got patreon uh, we've got a sponsorship with her universe click the links there help us keep the lights on uh thanks for listening to another episode catch y'all next time so long bye This podcast has been brought to you by Majestic Giraffe Productions and is the official podcast of TashiStation.net. All Star Wars names, music, and logos are property of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Tashi Station Radio is not endorsed by Lucasfilm or any division of the company. Now go pick up some power converters.